Hello everyone, welcome back to the Daydream and Listen podcast. My name is Krista. I hope that you guys are all doing wonderful and that you're having a really great day so far. I'm doing pretty great myself. I feel like my day so far has been pretty productive, but also I feel like I've been able to relax and recharge, which is always needed. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was just a classic summer day. Like I went out for a little bit of a walk, explored a new area, got some vitamin D in, got some stuff done around my apartment, which is always good. And now I'm really excited to be sitting down and recording the third and final installment of my unofficial summer series. So basically for the past two episodes, I have been recording topics related to summer. I wasn't planning on doing like an official summer series, like something super serious. Um, and sort of just happened that way where the episodes that I came up with, they all had the theme of summer. So I'd been brainstorming this episode for quite a while now because it's something that I'm just like, oh, I need to talk about this. And that is summer camp stories. So I don't know about you guys, but I grew up going to camp every single summer. I know there are a variety, a vast variety of camps out there. There's academic related ones, sports, church, creative camps, dance camp, band camp, you name it. There's a camp for literally everything. And growing up, I mostly went to church camps. I went from the time I was going from kindergarten to first grade all the way until I was a senior in high school getting ready to go off to college. And a few times when I was in high school, I started to go to leadership camps. So I figured for this week's episode, I could share some of my summer summer camp stories from both the leadership camps and the church camp experiences because I love talking about camp. I love reminiscing about the good and the bad and the weird memories. I just, I love talking all about it because it's one of those things that really defined my summers growing up. And I feel like if you too went to camps growing up, a lot of camps I feel like do similar types of activities so maybe you can relate or if you never were able to go to a camp growing up maybe this will give you some insight and maybe you'll be thanking yourself or thanking your parents for never sending you to one i'm just kidding there are definitely positives to going to camp and i'm very 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 grateful that my family was able to uh send me and my sisters to camp because good lord i know some camps are insanely expensive and it just it can take a lot out of you and a lot of out of your parents or guardian whomever to send you to camp because you kind of have to prepare a bit but i'm really excited to get into all of the stories i have so much to share i'm really going to try to condense all my thoughts and feelings into this episode because i could talk about this for hours truly but before we get into all the stories, let's first discuss the highs and I actually should amend that because this is a week and then some, um, just because this episode is coming out a little bit later. And we need to talk about what happened like 4th of July weekend that whole week because um, it's been a second since I've been, since I've been able to sit down and record. So my first update for highs is I've been talking about um, 
different shows and movies that I've been watching on the past few episodes. So I've added a few to my list so far and I want to give my honest thoughts on them. So it has been quite a while. I know I'm insanely late to the game, but I finally watched the movie Turning Red, the Disney Pixar movie. And look, I know it's a kid's movie, but I was like, I feel like I should watch it. A lot of people talked about this movie, so, you know, why not see what it's about? I had a free Saturday afternoon, and I was like, I feel like watching a movie. I chose Turning Red, and I'm very happy that I chose this movie. It was really, really, really cute. I don't understand the criticism of the movie. Like, people were mad that, what, they talked about periods and they said sexy and gyrate, like, I don't understand. To me, it really, like, tapped into my inner child and being, like, a fangirl and all that kind of stuff. It was so cute. I mean, yes, it's definitely a little bit corny and childish at points, but I think it was a really, really sweet movie. So, if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend. I also rewatched a classic from when I was growing up. It's this movie called Get a Clue. I think think it's a decom. I'm pretty sure it is a Disney Channel original movie. It stars Lindsay Lohan and Brenda Song in it. Both of them, I feel like they're just at their prime in this movie. They, like, yes, it's a kid's movie. It is so, this movie is so insanely cheesy, but they're just so precious in the movie. I love it a lot. Um, the fashion, if you're really looking for some good Y2K inspiration, nothing that's like I don't know, sometimes I feel like I see people talking about Y2K fashion and their idea of it, and it's just not what it actually was. You know, I get it. There are some things with like Y2K fashion that it's like, all right, maybe we're going a little overboard with that. But in the movie Get a Clue, I feel like their outfits are on point. They have some really good montages in the movie that are just like really fun to watch, especially if you're like me and you watch this movie, movie growing up and then you can re-watch it and kind of spark all of those old memories. It's a fun time. The plot is really all over the place and there's just a lot of things that are like, you know, mildly problematic about certain stereotypes they have in the movie and like certain music changes they have in the movie. Like I know I'm being very critical and nitpicky. A lot of the stuff I didn't even pay attention to when I was a kid, but looking back at it, I was just like, okay, Disney. Um, I believe this movie came out in 2002, so, you know, consider the time when you watch the movie, um, but it is on Disney+, Plus, so I do recommend, and I watched something more recent. I haven't just been living in the past. Um, I watched The Summer I Turned Pretty, finally. I'm, I know I was a little bit late to the game on that one, but um, I finally watched it and I really, really liked it. Sometimes I feel weird watching shows like this because it's centered around people in high school and I'm 23, so I feel a little odd watching a bunch of high schoolers, you know, spend their summer and have their summer love because I'm just like, I don't know, I feel like the old person like ruining the fun. I don't know. But it is a really cute, um, really cute show. I never read the books in high school. I remember so many girls in my class were reading the books and they really liked them. And I've heard people say that the books and the series are kind of at an even level. Like one isn't better than the other. They're both good. 
So just want to say that. Um, my one thing, and I was talking to this, uh, talking about this with my friend, is that I kind of don't like that the main character's nickname is Belly. Like her name is Isabella. And we were talking about it like, okay, you don't want to call her Bella because that's like too similar to Bella from Twilight. And you don't really want to call her Izzy because I forget, we were talking about some other character named Izzy. But Belly just feels so odd. I like how in the beginning, and this doesn't spoil anything, but her brother and her two friends, they do this thing called like a belly flop where they throw her in the pool. I'm like, okay, that's like a cute way to tie in her nickname. But they just, I sometimes I could not take them seriously when it would be like a very intense scene and they would be like, belly. I'm like, what the heck? I don't know. I don't know. But... I applaud the author's creativity. Anyways, I do really like the show and I was talking to my friend about this and she said, don't feel weird watching it because the actors are all around our age. So, you know, it's not like they're all teenagers. So I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit better watching it. And if you're wondering, again, this doesn't really spoil anything, but if you're wondering where I stand on the matter, call me toxic call me basic, call me whatever you want, but I am team Conrad, all right? I'm just, I have nothing against Jeremiah. I think he's really sweet. I think both of them are sweet, um, but I'm team Conrad, all right? I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay, and then to wrap up like the 4th of July weekend shenanigans, I did get to see fireworks with my roommate. We went to Randall's Island to watch them and it was so much fun. Um, we ventured over there and had a really good view and it wasn't like overwhelming or anything like that because I've seen the New York City fireworks because there aren't just one. There's multiple fireworks shows happening. I've seen the Macy's ones before and I went to the Seaport District to watch them and they were, it was a great view, but getting home was an absolute nightmare. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but this was a completely different experience. Like, I'm glad we went all the way where we went because we had a great view and getting home was not as stressful as I thought it was going to be. Um, But yes, it was such a fun time. And although, you know, we weren't really like, we were celebrating summer. I'll just say that, you know. Anywho, okay. And then my other high of the week is I went to the farmer's market with my friends and we went to Bryant Park um, afterwards. We stopped in the New York Public Library. I have picked up a new book. I actually have two new books that I'm simultaneously reading at the same time. I know it's probably not best and I should just stick to one at a time, but I'm just, I'm doing it. I've done it before where I've had to read multiple books at once, but you know, it's whatever. So yes, I went to the farmer's market with her. We picked up cherries at the market. They were so good, so incredibly fresh because the past couple weeks at the grocery store, they just have not had good cherries and they've been a little bit too overpriced in my opinion for the amount that you get and the quality that they are. So we got them fresh at the farmer's market and it was just such a good purchase. I was really, really happy about that. 
Um, but yeah, then we went to the library, which was very stressful because I have, I can't tell you the last time I've been into a library. And so I felt very, very embarrassed and stupid for having to ask multiple people, you know, how, how and where am I supposed to be looking for this book? But luckily I did find the book that I'm currently reading. And if you're wondering, the first book book I'm reading is The Defining Decade. And then I'm also reading this book called The Flag and the Cross. It has like a very long title, but I just keep referring to it as The Flag and the Cross. It sounds like very morbid and depressing, but it's all about like Christian nationalism, which it's like a very, very serious topic. But I am interested in it just because I like grew up in that world. And I don't know. I've always like been into history and things like that. And so it's kind of like a present day slash historical nonfiction book. So enjoying both of those. And yeah, it was just fun like getting out with my friend, going and venturing around the city. And then my last high of the week, this is the most recent high, is I went out with my friends this past Friday and we went out dancing at two different places and oh my god it was so much fun i'm not someone who went out a ton in college so i was honestly pretty nervous going out because i was just like what am i getting myself into like what should i be expecting because you start pretty late um like we left my place at like 10 30 i want to say and didn't get home until around like 2 30 close to 3 and i'm not i think i have grown out of the grandma phase where i'm like i like to be at home in my bed at 9 p.m i used to be like that and there's nothing wrong with that but i think i've like slowly but surely like worked up my night owl abilities for nights like this. So yeah, I was a little nervous. I was like, all right, I want to make sure I have like plenty of energy. I want to be able to like really get as much out of the night as I can. So both places that we went to were so much fun, great music, great energy from everybody. And it was just so much fun. Honestly, like it kind of reminded me of school dances, but like 20 million times better because yeah it was just it was such a fun time I definitely want to do it again and who knows maybe I will have enough stories from those experiences because listen I have tea that I could spill on what went down Friday all good things but there's a part of me that's like eh, I have other tea to spill today we'll put this one we'll we'll wait to spill the tea of me going out Because I'm sure the more I keep going out, the more stories I'm going to have to share. So hold on for an episode on that. I will come back later with one of those. Um, So yes, those were my highs. And then for my lows of this week, it has just been so humid out. Like I love going outside, but it's just, I feel like I always come home and I'm like, I need to shower. Like even the other day I went to the grocery store and I'm very fortunate that I live pretty close to a grocery store. And even the walk from there and back, I came back and I was like, I need a shower. Like I feel so icky and I'm trying to keep it all in perspective and be like, 
this is just an aspect of summer like you know you have to dress accordingly you have to plan accordingly and if you have to take three showers in a day so be it but yeah i'm just ultimately not a real fan of the humid weather i like it when it's warm but just like whenever the air feels like super dense and just like ugh, feels like it's a little bit harder to breathe out it's it's not for me um, and then my other low of the week is my acne. Yay. Love that. So with the sweaty, hot, humid weather, I don't know if it's because of this or it's because of something else, but my acne has just been at an ultimate level. Like it has just been too, too insane for me. And I know I'm like very fortunate. Like it's not like it's cystic acne or I have like, you know, it's like really painful acne or anything like that. It's just, I feel like every time I go to wash my face, I discover a new blemish or like every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, what the heck is this? So I recently switched up my cleanser. I was using Cetaphil and I like Cetaphil, but I started to get, I don't know what it's called, but like those little white dots they're not whiteheads but it's like almost like they're underneath your skin you know what I mean I would get them like on my chin and like along my jaw and so I've thank goodness for TikTok because I'd seen people talk about um you know having that same issue and that you need a cleanser that's going to exfoliate your skin and like really get under the surface and get all that junk out of there so I started using the CeraVe, it's like a salicylic acid cleanser, and I know they also make a lotion. Unfortunately, the Target that I went to didn't have the lotion, so I'm going to try to find that. If not, I will be ordering it online. But anywho, I've been using that, and I feel like it works really well. I've noticed it does dry my skin out more. However, it's gotten rid of the white stuff for the most part, but now I'm just having like regular breakouts and I'm not a fan at all. Like it's giving high school. It's, I, I feel like I'm going through puberty again. And look, I know acne should just be like a normalized thing, especially in the summer when I feel like people, more people are prone to breaking out because, you know, you're sweating and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to like shame myself in any way. I'm trying to just be like, it is what it is. I have a great concealer and even if I don't want to cover it up, like who cares? But there is just this part of me that I hate having to deal with it and I feel like I put in a lot of care and effort into taking care of my skin and then just seeing more breakouts pop up. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know what I mean? You almost feel helpless at a point. So I'm just really hoping that I'm going to give this new cleanser some time. I'm going to keep just trying my best to keep my face clean, my hands clean, everything clean and hope for the best. But yes, it's, it's something that really brings down my mood throughout the week. Um, that's pretty much that. Um, I didn't have like too, too many lows this week, which was great more highs than lows. We're all about it. Okay, so enough of that. I need to start talking about these camps because, oh my gosh, we have so much to discuss. Um, but first, 
before I go into it, let me just say, I think I'm going to structure it by talking about the leadership camps first, which it might sound really boring. You're like, what the heck goes on at a leadership camp? But there is some tea to be spilled about leadership camps. And then I will get into talking about the church camps. So just, just to Okay, so like I said, if you've never been to a leadership camp, you might be wondering what goes on at these camps. So essentially for me, during my, the summer in between my sophomore and junior year and the summer in between my junior and senior years of high school, I was able to go to two different leadership camps and I went to these through my school. Like basically I went as a representative and I either got selected just from like, I think my guidance counselor told me about this leadership camp and asked if I wanted to go. And then there was this club that I was a part of in high school and through the club, I was able to go to a leadership camp. So it wasn't anything that like I randomly discovered online or like something I you know, had to pay for or whatever. It was kind of just one of those things. So yeah, essentially I went as a rep for my school to a college campus. That is where these camps took place. Um, They had us staying in dorms and just, you know, staying on the campus and different seminars and like talks and activities would be all throughout the campus. So for me, it was kind of interesting because I ended up not going to a traditional college. I went to FIT in case you're new. So, I mean, FIT is a college, but it's not set up like these colleges. Like we don't really have a campus. The college is in New York City. So it was kind of cool, like getting to go and stay in a traditional dorm and like go into a dining hall and like lecture rooms and all that kind of stuff. Um, And also, I feel like the colleges love to host things like this because at both of these camps, at one point, they had reps from the colleges be like, oh, well, if you've really been enjoying your stay here at this camp, maybe you'd like to consider checking out this college. So it was like a convenient marketing tactic for them, but, you know, it didn't work on me. Sorry. So, yeah, basically... For the first camp that I went to, this was in between my sophomore and junior year, I was the only person from my school going there, and this camp was rather short, and looking back on it, I hated how short it was, because I feel like you need like the sweet spot of four or five days for a camp in order for people to like start making friends and like really warm up and feel comfortable. And granted, I'm an introverted person, so it does take me a little bit longer. Um, I was always envious of kids who could show up to a camp, not know a soul, and immediately just, like, start making new friends and, like, opening up and, like, being themselves and all that kind of stuff. But I remember at this first camp, I was just really, really nervous. At this point, I was, like, sort of on the cusp of, like, coming into my own and, like, trying to not care as much about what other people thought of me and just like, you know, really come into my own person. But, you know, the camp was only three days and I just, I don't know, I felt like it wasn't enough time for me. This camp was very, very STEM oriented, even though it was marketed as a leadership camp. Like we heard from different speakers who were, I don't know, like 
who did different things all throughout the community. I think we heard from a few nonprofit uh, owners, like people who oversaw nonprofits, um, just a few people who owned like different organizations and things like that. But there were just random speakers who were in like the STEM field. And I'm like, what are they teaching us about leadership? Like this felt, it felt very irrelevant to me, especially because at the time I wasn't fully sure what I wanted to do in the future, but I knew I wanted to do something in fashion and do something creative. So we had like different team building exercises and a lot of them were STEM oriented. Like you had to do math or you had to build certain things or like, know certain things about science and I felt very stupid I was just like oh my god like I already don't know any of you people I also don't want to be like a bad rep for my school and make people think that like people from my school are stupid but yeah it was it was pretty intimidating especially because this was my first leadership camp all I had never known was going to church camps growing up and this was a pretty different dynamic um I will say though one thing I hated about this camp was they made us do chants literally we would walk around with our groups which i'm sorry i didn't say this earlier they like broke us up into different groups so although we were from all different schools like they basically had kids from all parts of pennsylvania come to this camp and then they broke us up into different groups like let's say i was in group a and there was a group b and a c and whatever So we would walk around with our groups and it was kind of annoying because the counselors were so much older than us and I felt like at times they babied us. Like they almost, I think because they were close to our parents' age, they assumed the role of being a parent to us for that weekend that we were there. And so we would always walk around with our groups. Like you could never walk around with group B or group C. Like you had to stay with group A. And it was so annoying. I'm just like, what the heck? We're literally old enough to drive cars. Like, why can we not just, you know, if we have friends in another group or if we're trying to make friends with another group, like, why can't we at least just, like, walk to them to one of the, um, you know, speaking sessions that we were all going to? So that's one thing I will say. If you go to a camp, it is imperative that you have a good counselor. I feel like Oh my gosh, I'll talk about that later. I've had my fair share of bad counselors and I've had a few that are have been really good because that can really make or break the camp experience is if you have a counselor that you're like, oh my gosh, I love them. They're so fun. You just walk away from it being like, oh my gosh, that was such a good experience. I felt so much more comfortable. I felt like I could really open up, be myself, get more out of the experience versus having an annoying counselor or having one who just like... It, implements rules too much like i i like rules i understand rules but camp i feel like it's just a time when everybody's away from their parents everybody's away from their regular responsibilities like let's just allow kids to have fun obviously you know make sure people are safe but you know what i mean so anyways we would be walking in these groups and we would have to do chants chants that the counselors or like people who officiated this camp came up with and these chants were like oh my god they were so stupid some kids ate them up they absolutely loved them like we would be in the middle of a eating in the dining hall and someone would just start a chant and then everyone else would have to like follow after with it and a lot of them were like the call and response 
chance. So it's like, when I say blank, you say blank and you know, that kind of stuff. And it, it was, it was cute maybe like the first time around. And then after that, I was just like, oh my God, I literally feel like I'm in first grade again. Like it was just, I don't know, not for me. And I'm not trying to be like a buzzkill because I like fun camp camaraderie bonding things, but that was just, oh my gosh, like we would just walk around and people would start chanting stuff. And I'm like, why do I feel like we're in a cult right now? Like this is, this is weird. Okay, so moving on from that camp, leadership camp number one. Fast forward to a year later, leadership camp number two. I have just finished my junior year of high school and I'm going into my senior year. And I'm going to another leadership camp that my school has sent me to. Only this time, I'm not alone because my school sent two reps, me and coincidentally enough, my younger sister. So... I was actually really excited that both of us were getting to go. I know some people would be like, ooh, I feel like having your sibling come to a leadership camp with you is kind of just, I don't know, kind of not the vibe. But for me, I actually really liked it because I am such an introverted person. I'm super close with my younger sister. We're very, very close in age. Like we're literally um, 13 months apart. So I felt like, you know, even at the beginning of camp, if I'm a little too nervous to come out of my shell, at least she's there. I can talk to her. I know I always have someone and that's nice. I think that helps a ton. If you know someone, don't put the pressure on yourself to be like, we have to hang out. We have to eat meals together all the time. Like we didn't live together. We didn't sleep together. So it was totally fine. Um, but just knowing she was there, I was like, all right, I'm not completely alone. Um, I, I enjoyed this camp a lot more compared to the previous leadership camp. I felt like we actually got to learn about like leadership related things. And this is what this camp was, what a leadership camp should be. We had different, um, like sessions that we would go to where we would hear from, people who worked in nonprofits, people who did like volunteer work on the side, people who started their own businesses and wanted to like give us leadership advice on how we could be better leaders in our clubs at school or if you were like in um uh what's it called like student government or if you were starting a job or you wanted to start your own little side hustle thing or even some of their advice was good for if you're you know, going to be graduating high school and starting your career. Like maybe you're not going off to college. Maybe you're starting right out in the workforce. The people were so, the people that we heard from, I felt like their sessions were so much more impactful than the previous camp. And one thing I actually really enjoyed about this camp was a lot of the sessions were framed around learning your personality and learning the type of leader that you are. So we took different personality tests. Like I remember us taking the Myers-Briggs test. And I think this was all before like anagrams were a thing. And we didn't even touch on zodiac signs or anything like anything like that. But we took a few different personality tests. And I thought that was really fun and interesting. And we just, I don't know. I feel like we got more of an understanding of... Um, I don't know how to be like better leaders in our clubs. And I know that sounds like super boring, but 
it is actually really fun. Um, and we did get to do some team bonding activities. So it was all focused on us becoming better communicators and just like working better on teams to solve problems and things like that, which to some people might sound boring, but I feel like the, the activities and the games that they had for us, they were actually really fun. Um, but I will say some of the activities were just pushing it a little bit too much. Okay. And look, I might sound like really, really critical here, but I feel like my criticism is valid because for whatever reason, some camps feel like they can get away with doing this stuff. And I'm not a fan of it. And that is just like trauma bonding activities. That's what I'm going to call it. I know that title sounds like really, really intense. And you're probably like, Krista, what? What, what did you do at this leadership camp? What are you talking about? But essentially, I've experienced these types of activities at this specific leadership camp as well as church camps. And I will talk more about the church camp stuff in a second. But essentially, the trauma bonding activities that we had at this leadership camp were all about these leaders, I I don't think they called them counselors, they were essentially like leaders or mentors, things like that, adults who were overseeing us. They, for one, never knew us. We didn't know anybody going into it except, you know, like me having my sister there, like I knew her. But all of these adults, I had no idea who any of them were. Any of the people in my group, I had no idea who any of them were. And this camp lasted for five days. So prior to the end of the camp, five days ago, I never knew who any of these people were. And there were certain activities throughout the camp where they wanted you to open up like deep, deep wounds. Just talk about very like hard, uncomfortable stories and like just hard things that people have have had to go through. And I guess to them, in a way, they took the approach that like everybody struggled in life. Everyone has hardships that they go through. So, you know, nobody's alone. Let's bond together. And while I do see that there's some good intentions behind that, the way in which they executed some of these activities, I felt like it was literally just for us to bond, bond over having shared trauma or like, yeah, just us bond over having traumatic experiences as teenagers which to me like what good does that do especially at a leadership camp like I understand the whole sentiment of you know everyone has their hard days everyone struggles in life you know if you learn that other people have struggled too or if you become more aware that hey you're not alone in this maybe that helps you have more empathy. But again, the way in which they structured this, I feel like they were almost like, I don't know, if we can get these people to cry together then, or like evoke any type of emotion, then that proves that, you know, we're doing a good job, that we're like really pushing these kids out of their comfort zones if they're comfortable enough to cry in front of each other. To me, like people crying and people breaking down is not evident of you doing a good job at your camp. It's not evident of you like 
really, really getting people to open up and be vulnerable. Like, okay, so let me just talk about this one activity. I need to stop beating, beating around the bush. So there was this one day and I think this was like our last full day of the camp. So caution, here's a cautionary tale for anyone who's going to a camp. I feel like it's usually the last full day of camps when they want you to like be in these situations where there's potential you might cry, there's potential you might have to open up something super, super serious, even if you don't want to. I feel like that's when they really try to put on the emotional manipulation, okay? So we were told that, let's say this camp runs from like Monday through Friday. We were told that on Thursday, there was going to be this very big activity. Like a lot was leading up to this activity on Thursday. And it was going to be a rather serious activity. So before we went to this one room in this college, like it was so odd. It, it, it almost felt like we were in an attic of a college. I mean, it was like all furnished and everything. So it wasn't like, you know, dark and hot or whatever it was like a furnished room but it was like at the top of the school it was very weird so on our way up to this room we were told like don't talk we really want you to be like reflective with everything you've learned up until this point and you know we just want you to be like very serious and present in this moment and so i'm like what the what the heck are we getting into right now like what is this so we go up into this room and they're like, all right, everybody like sit down with your groups, but we're all going to be in this room together. We're all going to be sitting down, experiencing this activity together. So I don't remember verbatim what the premise was, but essentially it was like they wanted, they, they were like, everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they've gone through. And we just want to make sure that you guys know that you're not alone, that everybody struggles, everybody goes through hardships. And so essentially, I think the prompt was they wanted everybody, one by one, to stand up. Everybody was sitting on the floor. So one person would be standing up while everybody else was sitting. And that person standing would share a lie that they've either told themselves or that someone else has told them and they have believed it, even though it's not true. So like very, very weird concept. Like it it sounds very strange because you're like, okay, if you want people to like open up and share something about themselves that seems kind of random to be like what's a lie you've told yourself or what's a lie someone else has told you and you've believed it kind of seems strange so they were like we'll have someone to go first to kind of like give an example and then you guys take your time when you're ready like we don't want to force you but we would really really love if like everybody participated so that this thing can be the most effective So already I'm like, all right, everybody has to participate and share something personal. I don't know if I like this, but all right, I'll roll with this. So one person gets up and they share something. And honestly, I don't even remember what it was, but it was kind of just like an, okay, like, all right, seems kind of typical. Like I've heard people struggle with that or I like, for example, like, let's say someone was like, someone told me that. I'm an awful writer 
And even though I'm really passionate about writing, I internalized that. And I believed that lie that they told me. And I've held myself back from being a more creative writer and, you know, applying for writing scholarships and things like that. Like that is just like a random example of what someone could have said. So let's say like guy number one stands up and says that writing example, okay? Then person number two stands up and also it was very awkward. Like you never knew when someone was going to stand up. So sometimes like two people would stand up at the same time and start talking and then it'd be really awkward and they'd be like, oh, oh, sorry, you go, like you go, you go. Like that happens so much or like three. It was just like really awkward. Um, So anyways, the next person went and I remember this is when everything changed. They dropped like some bomb. They said something very serious. I I believe like I don't want to share what people said because a lot of the stuff is just like too serious. And honestly, I know this sounds bad, but like I don't remember a lot of the people's names. So it's not like I would be name dropping or like revealing them or anything like that. But still, I just don't feel comfortable sharing some of the things that they said because literally some of them were so traumatic, like so serious. I did not realize that this activity would evoke so many serious stories. So anyways, person number two stands up and they changed the game because they, I remember, talked about how one of their friends died And I think their lie was that like they weren't a good enough friend. Like they told themselves that they weren't a good enough friend or something like that and they believed it. And so that person started crying and then some other people started crying. So now everyone just turned this activity into let me talk about the most serious, terrible thing that has ever happened to me. Which here's the thing, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yums. If people wanted to, like they went into the activity wanting to talk and reveal something a little bit more vulnerable and serious about themselves, totally fine. I have no problem with that. But because I had experienced certain activities like this from my days at church camp, I knew exactly where this was heading. These types of activities where people just like one by one get up and share something always turn into a pissing contest where someone is always trying to outdo the the last person they're always trying to think like how can i you know say something that's more oh my god i do not expect that from you and look i know not everybody is like this there were some people who were being very genuine and very honest and that's their life and they are fully able to, you know, open up and share those things when they're re- when they're ready. But you know, sometimes you can tell when people are really forcing it. Some people would just like go on tangents and be like, and then this happened to me, and then oh, also like I should share this too, like I really do struggle with this, and then like sometimes this happens to me too. And it was just like, okay, like what's the point? What what's the point in this right now? Like you're just like I don't know. I don't know. The activity to me was not the best way for us to be able to unify together and come together and realize like everybody has struggle. Let's be more empathetic and kind to each other. And, you know, but the way that they structured it was just literally everybody by the end of the activity was sobbing because some people shared 
some of the most horrific things ever. Like, I remember my roommate at this camp shared something earth-shattering that I had no idea about. And then I felt so terrible going throughout the entire rest of the camp, knowing that this awful thing unfortunately happened to my roommate. And I'm like, how, how am I supposed to be there for her? I want to be there for her because... I feel terrible that she had to go through something awful, but like the way that this activity was structured was once everybody was done and hold on, let me, let me finish my thought. Once everybody was done standing up and sitting down and sharing their thing, everybody was just crying. We were all crying in the room together because we all felt so terrible for each other. And then the counselors decided that we all should stand up together in a circle, link arms, and we all sang, stand by me. Mm-hmm. Cheesy. That was so cheesy. Like, literally, it just, it, it was so corny. I'm like, what is this? Like, even then, I was just like, I hate this so much. Like, what is this accomplishing? This is so, like, some of these kids in here said the most horrific graphic terrible things that happened to them and the way in which we're gonna stick a band-aid over this is just singing stand by me and then the rest of the night they were like or the rest of the day we had this um like last day party so literally we went from in the morning having this session where everyone's sobbing their eyes out because we're learning terrible things that have happened to each other and then all of a sudden we're supposed to wipe the tears off and then go have this party where we all you know play games and sing karaoke and dance and act like you know we didn't just learn the most horrific things that happened to our friends at this camp like I don't know. I just, I hate bait and switch type things where it's just like, we're gonna, you know, have your emotions on an absolute high right now where everyone's gonna have to be extremely emotionally vulnerable, whether you like it or not. And then we're gonna immediately pivot to, all right, everything's cool. Everybody have fun. We're all friends here. Hopefully now that you've all cried together, you can all, you know, feel more comfortable singing karaoke with each other and dancing the night away. I just, I hate activities like that because it's just like, what, what the heck? And then we left the next day, like Friday, we left. Like, I just, I hate stuff like that. It accomplishes nothing. Yet I feel like counselors or people who run camps like that feel like crying, like getting campers to cry is some type of milestone, is some type of accomplishment that if you've seen people cry, then like good for you. You've really gotten the kids to open up and that's that's a sign of a good camp. I hate stuff like that. It's so dumb because it just like plays with people's emotions. Like we literally were sobbing with each other, left the next day and I barely speak with anybody that I went to that camp because we were all from different schools all around the state. It was just like, I don't know, it was so dumb. And back to what I was going to say, so during the activity, they definitely, like I personally felt very pressured to like stand and speak up because I was not wanting to speak up and share anything. Um, But I remember my leader, she kind of like, forced me to stand up and share like made it very kind of uncomfortable she just looked at me with these wide eyes like I I think I think maybe you should go next like maybe you should say something 
And I'm just like, I didn't really want to. Like, I don't know any of y'all. Like, why do you feel like you need to be privy to this personal information about myself? And I also didn't want to lie and like come up with something random on the spot and be like, um, my, my dog died and I felt like because of it, I was a terrible dog owner. Meanwhile, I've never had a pet in my life. You know, I didn't want to do something like that. But at the same time, I was just like, I also don't know any of you people truly as much as you want to convince me that we know each other and this is a safe space and we should feel comfortable. It still feels very weird that, you know, the caliber of stories that these people are sharing, I don't feel comfortable sharing something that is as serious as this. And I also felt stupid if I said something that wasn't serious because then people would be like, okay, cool, thanks, uh, that doesn't really compare all that well to, uh, Samantha's story where she, you know, talked about blank thing happening to her, you know, so all in all, wasn't a fan of that, and we had a few activities that were like that, that were a little bit too dramatic, and I'm like, this is a leadership camp, y'all are treating this like we signed up to go to some, you know, retreat, which if we signed up to go to a a retreat, that's fine, where we, you know, like unpack trauma and we talk about our emotions and things like that. This is a freaking leadership camp where we're learning about like how to be better leaders at our clubs and like organize events that'll help raise money for charities. Why are we unpacking trauma here? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't sign up to do this with a bunch of strangers. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm being like too pessimistic, but I'm just not a fan of that kind of stuff. All right, so pivoting, that is enough. That's all of my thoughts on the leadership camps. Now we need to talk about church camps because, girl, I have, I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts because from the, like I said, from the time that I was six all the way to the time I was 18, every summer I was going to these camps. And I've had the experience of going to church camp as a kid, as a teen, and as a counselor. Because when I was a teenager, um, when I was 17 and 18, I went back to the kids camp that I went to and I volunteered there as a counselor. So it's kind of cool to have that full circle moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I was one of you kids, and now I am being the counselor over you kids. Like, it's just, it's kind of weird. So for me, I I know I've talked about this before. Um, The camp that I went to, I, we went to the same campsite from kids camp all the way to youth camp. So it was really neat getting to go to the same spot every summer. It just felt like a ritual. Um, You know, kind of like if you watch The Summer I Turned Pretty when she talks about like going to Cousins every summer. That's sort of how I felt about going to my church camp was like, now's the time we get to like leave home. It's kind of like a vacation without your parents, even though I know like you're meant to go for Jesus. But you know, it was fun. Like just getting to go back to the same place, seeing the cabins, seeing, you know, the different places where we can do activities, like the pool, they had an area where you could go hiking, they had like a playground, a little snack shop, it was just, it was fun to like get to go there and be like, wow, nothing's changed, like good to be back here, just pick up where we left off. So that was really nice and I will say like it is a really beautiful campsite, it's seated up in the mountains so 
every year for camp they would always kind of allude to this idea that like we're escaping from the real world like we're going up into the mountains like now's the time for you to just you know tap out of reality just you know focus on having a fun time you know bettering your relationship with god and also i should say this is a christian camp i know that there are other religions that have church camps but this is a christian camp so if i mentioned christian terminology now you know um but when i was a kid you know i was talking about with the leadership camp it was so nice having my sister there when i was a kid going to kids camp i was beyond fortunate to have my siblings there but also my dad there my dad was a counselor every year that i went to camp kids camp at least um he did not follow any of my siblings and i to youth camp i'm i'm glad he didn't do that because youth camp is another it's another beast um but he was so involved with the kids camp and it was really great having him there especially my first few years when it's hard for kids it really is and i empathize from being a kid and also like being a counselor at one point um just going away and not being with your parents like for some people i remember when i went for my first year that was my first time being away for home being oh my gosh being away from home for as long as i was and granted it didn't feel as distant because my dad and my sisters were there but still it was just like oh this is weird sleeping in a different bed and you know not eating the same food and having a completely different schedule to my day so i was very very thankful that he was there and my dad was actually a part of these skits that we would have every day for camp so essentially like the structure of our camp was we we all slept in cabins so it wasn't like we were like sleeping in tents for five days we were staying in these wooden cabins um which sounds really fun but um these camp these cabins had not been updated since probably like the 70s or the 80s so i just remember like every time we would pull up to these cabins they all smelled the same like the scent i'm sure if i stepped into one today it would smell the exact same the scent of whatever i i can't put a pin on what it is there's just something lingering on those walls if those walls could talk man um but yeah anyways so we would stay in these cabins and um then you know we would start our day going off to the dining hall and having breakfast let me just say the dining hall had the absolute worst food ever and i know i'm a very picky eater but like truly it was a running joke every year that the food was so so bad like kids would pack suitcases full of like snacks and non-perishable foods that they could eat and literally the counselors of the camp like people from my church would warn parents and be like please bring your kids food and they would always say it in like a gentle nice way like um you know the dining hall doesn't really have the best reputation so if you don't want your kid to get hangry whenever they come home maybe it's best to pack them some snacks or like if they have a friend go in together and like pack some snacks for both of them type thing so we would start our day off at the dining hall then we would usually have like morning activities like morning chapel or like some type of like little morning session to wake us up like maybe with like a bible devotion time or something like that which kids doing bible devotions is like trying to hurdle hurdle cats because 
herd, not hurdle, <laughs> herd cats because like, oh my gosh, trying to get a kid to read a Bible and pay attention and not be looking at nature or playing with grass or like run off somewhere. It's very hard. Um, but I also felt like as a kid, it was very stupid to just like sit in the grass and read my Bible and just, I don't know. Because essentially they wanted everybody to like go off on their own with their Bibles and their journals and just have your quiet time with God for like 30 minutes and I felt like it always went on for a little too long like I would pick a random passage in the bible maybe I would journal something maybe I would pray a little bit and then I was just like all right now what um I'm just I'm just gonna sit here and look like I'm busy with something but anyways so yeah then we would usually do that we would always have like tons of activities in the afternoon and I will say kids camp they Oh lord, by the end of the week, everyone was so exhausted, even the counselors, oh my gosh, like we had too many activities, they packed the schedules way too tight, and I'm saying that as like someone who lived it as a kid, and then looking at it as a counselor, it's exhausting, like we start from sun up, and we go to sundown, and there's really little to no break time, um, and our break time was like, go to the pool, go on a nature hike. Like there was always activities. It was never like, can we just like sit and not do anything or just like sit and hang out? There was little, little to no time where we did that. And the evening we would have chapel and um, evening chapel was usually very, very long. That's where these skits would happen. So essentially every year for kids camp, we had a theme and it was of course always tied to like some passage in the Bible that we would be studying. So I remember one year it was all about the fruits of the spirit. So the skit theme was, um, my dad and other people from our church dressed up as fruits and they were all, you know, there was like some plot I don't know some some type of plot going on and then it would tie in the aspect of the fruits of the spirit into the plot so they tried to do things like that um the first year that I went they had the skits and the theme of the camp be God's army which looking back on it and the fact that I'm reading a book about Christian nationalism probably isn't like the best thing ever but it believe me had this skit happened in 2022 it would be much more like but back then it it was not it was harmless let me just say it it was just like the the theme of the skit was um like soldiers or like people in the army and uh what was it like we learned about um oh gosh why can't I think of it I feel like a bad Christian uh like god's word being our armor and having like the sword of the spirit and a helmet of protection and and stuff like that like they would use like figurative language to tie in certain scriptures in the bible so but they would take it from figurative language in the bible to like a literal thing a literal theme of like god's army and these people are going to act as like soldiers and there's going to be like a story that ties in this whole theme together. So my dad played one of the soldiers and my dad, like his typecast, (laughs) my dad was literally typecasted in church plays. Well, not all of them, but some of them as like 
the goofy, stupid, aloof one. Um, my dad is insanely smart, but he can play a goofy, stupid, aloof character really well. He does a good job at it. So his character was, I don't remember his name, but he had like goofy glasses and he was kind of like ditzy and the the whole plot was them just like trying to like teach him all this stuff so he could be like a good soldier and whatever. Again, thinking about it now, it sounds really Christian nationalist, but I swear it wasn't. Anyways, so I remember the big crescendo at the end of this skit, um, by the end of the week, was the fact that they were making this joke that his helmet was not going to fit him so they had to shave his head for his helmet to fit him and it it did literally fit like he could have kept his hair the way it was and the helmet would have fit but they just wanted something to be like a shocking moment for all the kids to be like oh my god they're cutting his hair that's so funny that's so crazy um but yeah they gave my dad a buzz cut and I did not expect that. My dad's a very like go with the flow person. So I think when it happened or like the night that it happened, he was just like, yep, it's it's hair. It's going to grow back. But I remember me, my older sister, my dad all came home from camp and my mom was at home in our kitchen and um, she, her reaction when my dad came in the door, she had no idea my dad was losing majority of his hair that day she was just like oh um did she do you get a haircut at camp like what's what's this about uh, so also I should say my mom never came to camp my mom never wanted to be a counselor and I give her all the credit for never doing it because my mom is more of a glamping type of person so going to church camp where you have to stay in cabins that you know smell kind of gross and all of that yucky stuff I don't blame her I get it so whenever we would come home from camp we would always just like dump all of our stories onto her and you know if my dad ever got into crazy antics she would have to be like all right cool what do they do at this camp it sounds insane anyway so yeah we would have like skits like that and by the end of the camp there would be like the resolution to the skit and it was always fun like every night we would go to evening chapel and we'd be like oh I wonder what's gonna happen to so and so and like or if they would like end the skit on like a cliffhanger then we'd have to wait until the next day and all that kind of stuff but in the chapel services it would usually start out with like us doing praise and worship then the skit would happen and then we would usually have the kids pastor come and speak or like someone else come and speak and their message would be kind of catered to the theme of the camp or they would like speak about something that felt relevant to kids or whatever um so that was like that was that aspect of it um so yeah, like I said, it was super, super scheduled. And by the end of the night, it was always just like, oh my gosh, I am so ready to go to bed. And for, you have to consider like some of these services would end at like 1130. And for some kids, that's very, very late. Other kids, maybe not super late, but you factor in we had activities from like 7 a.m. in the morning to 1130 at night and we were nonstop go, 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 go. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and throughout the day, sometimes we would have really, really 
crazy activities. Like I remember one time we, every year we would go to this ropes course where we would, honestly, we should have done this for the leadership camps. We would like go into the woods and do fun team bonding activities and they were all really fun. I mean, usually there was always drama, like someone got hurt on one of the activities because some of them were just like a little too intense for children at least. And um, I remember one of them was like, I think they called it Noah's Ark, where you had to stand on this block of wood and there were there was something underneath of the block of wood. It's literally, okay, if you've ever seen National Treasure 2, where they're in, they're in the, what's it called? Um, Mount Rushmore. They're behind Mount Rushmore in that like secret hidden area. And they're standing on that block and they're all trying to figure out how to balance it. And they find out they each have to go to the corners in order to balance it. We essentially had to do something like that where these people who ran this like ropes course, woods, leadership activities, they wouldn't tell us how to solve any of these activities or how to do any of them. We would have to figure out ourselves and like learn how to communicate and whatnot. And sometimes it got dramatic. Like usually one kid would always cry because they would be frustrated or whatever. They weren't having fun. But yeah, I remember one of the activities was that balancing square thing and people always hated it we always freaked out like someone's gonna fall off the square and whatnot um we also did archery which was so much fun i got to learn how to do archery at that camp and i like maybe i'm flattering myself too much but i swear if i did have a bow and arrow right now and a target i think i could hit the target pretty well this is a side note but i did we had archery as one of our gym class activities in high school and every year I knew how to do it because I had learned how to do this at kids camp. So we did have some really fun activities during the day but my god some of these activities the games that they came up with were disgusting and um, I'm just gonna give a big trigger warning if you don't like food story like gross food stories i'm just i'm just gonna let you know right now trigger warning ahead so my first year of camp they wanted to have like some fun game where kids would just you know i i don't know some like battle where kids would just throw stuff at each other so they decided to have a noodle battle where essentially they took noodles like let's just say they took ramen noodles something like that And they had big storage containers filled with water and they just poured the noodles in the water and let them all separate and get all slimy. And then they had these tubs of noodles just lined up in a row and on one side they would have girls and on the other side they would have boys and whenever someone said go you had to run up, grab the noodles out of the storage container and just chuck them at each other it was like dodgeball but there was no like oh you have to get out you're more covered in noodles than me like there was no end to these types of games other than you know like we ran out of noodles to throw at each other so they did that my first year and because the camp always happened in i think it usually always happened in july it was exceedingly hot so just imagine 
the noodles are all soggy in this tub and as soon as they hit your body and they stay on your body for like 30 seconds they start to get hard and crusty so people would leave the noodle battle with hard crusty noodles on them that you would have to then spray off with a hose or scrape off in the shower and it was gross girls guys whomever would get them in their hair in every orifice of their body just caked into their skin it was so gross and I remember begging to my camp counselor that first year I really didn't know how things went like I didn't understand the structure of these games because it was my first year and I was begging her I was like please 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 do not let me participate in this I do not want to get gross I was being ultra Virgo ultra type A I was like I do not want to do this right now please I was like I will help hose people off I will do something I just I don't want to be in the battle and she was like fine you have to help hose people off but like I'll let it slide I won't make you participate and I was like thank god and it was so gross because the drain in our showers would get all clogged up with noodle remnants. Ugh, it was disgusting. It was so, so foul. So needless to say, the noodle battle was one year and that was it. Then you would think that they would pivot to a more cleanly battle of sorts, but they didn't. If anything, they pivoted into the complete opposite direction, an even nastier battle. And I might have talked about this before because I don't ever miss an opportunity to talk about this disgusting idea because it's literally, ugh, it's foul. I, I hate it. So they came up with this battle called the Marshmallow Battle, which sounds really yummy and sweet and great, but it's not. Essentially, what they would do is sort of the same thing. We would go in a field and they would have those silver tin containers that you usually see at buffets and they would fill them with jet puff marshmallows and then instead of covering them in something sweet like chocolate or caramel whatever they covered them in ketchup and mustard and then we had to run up to the line where the marshmallows were in their little containers grab handfuls of them and chuck them at the people on the other side so one side would be girls the other side would be boys and essentially they would do like grade by grade so they'd be like all right all fourth grade girls and boys line up on either side and then whenever they would say go people would just book it to the marshmallows grab a fistful and just try to cover you know throw it at people and get them covered And again, there was no like end marker like, all right, boys, you lose. You're dirtier than the girls. It was just like, all right, there's no more marshmallows left. The end. Goodbye. Y'all stink. Bye. It was so foul. And again, mind you, this is happening in July. So like ketchup and mustard covered marshmallows sitting out in like 90 degree heat. Ew. And like smell the kids kids already are smelly. You know kids are already not showering well enough at this camp, okay? So they already smell. It's already hot, humid. People are already sweaty. And now we're adding ketchup and mustard-covered marshmallows into the mix. So bad. And they did this up until I left this camp. And then I think a few years after that, they were like, all right, I I think we need to retire this battle because 
people would get like ketchup and mustard in their eyes, nose, mouth, hair. Everybody just stunk. Days after the field where we had this battle reeked. It was so bad. It was awful. And I, I mean, I attribute it to the fact that I hate ketchup and mustard now. I'm disgusted by the smell of them. And I think it's, it goes back to this battle, honestly. I mean, that might sound dramatic, but truly, I think that's what it is. Um, but that was that. All right. So I know I did say, you know, we got to talk about counselors. All right. We got to talk about counselors. I was unfortunately scarred with having um, I think I got lucky my first year of camp and then from years two to six because my camp went from first grade to sixth grade and then youth camp went from seventh grade to twelfth grade. So from years two to six in kids camp, um, I was scarred with having an awful counselor. Yay, love it. Essentially, there was a girl in my grade and um, her mom, for whatever reason, decided to volunteer every year to be our counselor and look some of you might be like Krista move on it it, like it move on in life that was however many years ago like yeah maybe she wasn't as fun as some of the other counselors but like how bad could it be this woman I'm not kidding was like one of the first witnesses of a Karen that I had ever seen. She was like an introduction to Karens for me. She had the Karen haircut. Her entire MO was Karen behavior. I didn't know what being a Karen was back then. All I thought was at the time that this woman had the same haircut as Kate Gosselin from John and Kate Plus 8 on TLC and acted kind of like her too, but in a more like Christian mom, shamey, mean bossy snippy way you know that was her vibe and I was stuck with her every freaking year because her daughter went to our camp every year and her daughter and I were always in the same grade and so we were like oh we have so-and-so as our counselor again cool great is there any way we could just get another counselor in the mix and even like sometimes my grade would be so big that they would need multiple women to be our counselors and they would have like half of the girls be with Mrs. So-and-so and and the other half would be stuck with this lady. And I was always stuck with this lady, except for one year. My friend's mom volunteered to be a counselor. I think because it's, I think because my friend complained so much about how much we hated this counselor lady. Thank God for my friend's mom. She was so much fun. She was like the best camp counselor I ever had at kids camp. Um, But this woman this Karen of a counselor was so annoying. Oh my God, she was so freaking annoying. Like the biggest killjoy ever, ever. Like we could never do anything fun because like they had a playground at the camp and sometimes we would have a little bit of free time and we'd be like, can we go on the playground? Like, can we go, you know, ride the swings or whatever? And she'd be like, no, there's boys there. You can't you can't do that. Like, I don't, I don't want them bothering you guys, you know. Or she was the person who was always doing the short checks, um, where we had to put our fingers, um, along our shorts and she would make everybody go change if their fingertips were just a little bit below their shorts. And we were children. 
thank you, Miss So-and-so, for sexualizing us children at such a young age. I know that was a camp rule. Like, we did have camp rules about short lengths. We couldn't wear spaghetti straps. We had to wear one pieces to a swimming pool, which I think all that stuff is absolute garbage, and I will not get into it right now. But this woman was like a drill sergeant for, you know, checking us before we left our place, and she was just oh my god, she was so annoying, but she always tried to act like she was fun and cool and hip, and she wasn't, and literally everybody hated her. Every camper in my grade hated her guts, even my dad. Like, I'm not trying to throw my dad under the bus, but every year after camp, my dad would always be like, so how is, how is so-and-so? Every, no, it's still the same? All right, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry type thing you know, we'll be nice and respectful to her, but at the same time, it's like, man. And every year at camp, we had a talent show at the end of the week. I feel like that's a very common camp activity is just a talent show, Um, which I personally, after attending 14 camp talent shows, I can attest that I do not like them. They're not, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I'm being the killjoy. I don't like them because I feel like everybody does the same thing. Like when I was a counselor, kids for that year of the talent show, all of them just sang Let It Go. And it was like, all right, we've heard Let It Go from the fourth kid now. And sometimes kids would be really, really great. And that was always so much fun. But it was usually just like, okay, so-and-so is going to solve the Rubik's Cube and we're just going to sit there and watch type thing. But usually it was like, you know, you would come up with a dance routine with your friends or, you know, someone would, I don't know, sing or whatever. I don't know. So, you know, kids would just do normal talents for the talent show. But my counselor decided that every year, no joke, from the time I was in second grade to sixth grade, we had to do skits as a cabin. There was usually like, if you wanted to do a cabin talent you were allowed to do that where all of your cabin mates or as many as you wanted could enter and you guys do a talent and every year my counselor insisted on us doing a skit she would write these skits i think miss ma'am was trying to convince herself that she had some snl material in her but it was awful awful it was so bad even as a kid every kid thought it was terrible she thought she was a comedian she thought she was so funny and every year it would be crickets crickets when we would perform these skits and the thing is so she would come up with these stupid idiotic dumb skits every year we would have to memorize lines literally like what is this this is not acting camp ma'am i came here to have fun with my friends and learn about jesus but anyways so we would have these skits that we would have to learn lines for and then at the end of the week we would have to perform them and usually they were always meant to be funny and it was so embarrassing when we would go to perform and literally no one would laugh i felt so badly like my dad every year would always i i think he could catch the drift that these were meant to be funny skits and no one was laughing so he would always in the back be like ha 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 like try to you know like spark other people to laugh too or you know tell other people like hey that was a joke could you laugh to preserve these third graders uh, you know any bit of dignity please 
it was just a lot of that year after year and every year we would always tell her like thanks so much for putting these together but like we really don't want to do this like do we have to type thing she never gave us a choice never ever ever gave us a choice and i will never forget this is literally my third grade year i'm nine years old i'm prepubescent i have to line all these things up before i say what i'm gonna say i'm this little peanut of a child And I remember we were on deck. So we were the next act getting to go up and do our talent. And this lady was just going through kid by kid and making sure that they were dressed appropriate and they looked fine. And I was wearing a little tank top. Okay. So she comes up to me and she's holding a mic because we were all, you know, we had mics in our hands because we were getting ready to like deliver lines for this skit that she wrote. And, um... They had turned the mics on because we were getting ready to go on. But they told us like, hey, your mics are going to be on, but please shush so nothing gets picked up. So this woman is going kid by kid and making sure that they're dressed appropriate. She comes up to me, little me. And I'm not just saying this in my defense, like I was small and flat chested. And this woman comes up to me and is like, Krista, you should be wearing a bra with that top totally embarrassed me because it picked up on the microphone and all of a sudden people started looking at me and my face turned red as a tomato because I'm like oh my gosh now I'm not the person I am today where I literally don't like I have no stigma nothing like I will talk about that kind of stuff all day long like to wear a bra to not wear a bra I don't care about that stuff but as a kid like I hadn't started wearing bras yet because I was literally in third grade hadn't gone through puberty yet really did not have big enough boobs to start even wearing like a training bra and this woman just felt the need to for whatever reason call me out and I was mortified mortified and then I had to go out there and act as if I was on kids SNL and um I was so mad at her the rest of the camp. I like did not want to speak to her. I was like, you literally embarrassed me. And for her, that was nothing. It like completely went over her head. She didn't think anything of it. Didn't ever apologize. Didn't say, oh, I think that kind of picked up on the mic. I'm really sorry. Like if that, you know, embarrassed you a little bit. Um, You know, maybe talk to your mom about getting a bra later. That this woman is not my mom. She's not a family friend. Literally my... My mom never knew who she was until I would come home year after year and be like, I have this same counselor every year and she makes my life a literal hell every summer camp. My mom then got to like know who she was, but my dad knew her vaguely because they were both technically counselors at this camp. My parents were not a fan of her because I never talked fondly about her and they knew like she was kind of annoying but yeah like it's not like she's my mom or like a family friend so why she feels like she has the audacity or the need to say to a random prepubescent child you should be wearing a bra and like what was I supposed to do pull a bra out from thin air and put it on before we went to um you know perform our little sketch for the talent show it just like I don't know. I don't understand. Anyways, enough about her. I I need to stop. Now we need to move on to youth camp because that's where the real tea comes in. 
Kids camp, it's a fun time. It's very chaotic. It's very messy and stinky, but it's usually a good time. Youth camp still took place at the same place. Um, oh my gosh, that was very redundant. It took place at the same place where, oh my gosh, why is that so redundant? You get what I'm trying to say. We stayed at the same camp, but this time we stayed in a lodge that was air conditioned and the beds were a little bit nicer, still had funky carpet, but it was definitely an upgrade. So that was so much nicer. And it was the girls who were allowed to stay in the lodge every year. So I'm like, listen, listen, let's, let's play the feminist card right now. Like, I don't even think it's playing the feminist card, but whatever. I'm just like, listen, I will be a whiny little girl and be like, I need AC. You boys can suffer and be smelly in a cabin because those cabins were rank and staying in the lodge was most definitely an upgrade. And I'm like, you boys can suffer. You put, you put young women through enough, you can suffer in a cabin, all right? Anyways, so the structure of, um, of youth camp, I feel like was a little bit more relaxed. I feel like it was still pretty packed. Like we had morning activities like we had breakfast we had morning devotions they called them a morning nugget where like we would get a nugget of wisdom every day and i remember every just imagine every teenage boy making fun of the name morning nugget anyways so we had like that we had like one-on-one devos devotions in the morning and then we would have like a morning service then we would usually have some activities in the afternoon um we, we then would have free time, which they gave us like four hours of free time every day. And those were the most glorious hours ever. You could do whatever you wanted. If you wanted to take a four hour nap every day, you could. If you wanted to go on a hike, go swimming, and then go like off on another adventure, you could. It was so nice. So me, it was usually me, my younger sister, and our shared friend, we... I think for like the latter parts of my youth camp years, we always roomed together and we always hung out together and would just spend our free time together. It was so much fun. I loved it and I love that they gave us downtime because compared to kids camp, it was like, oh my gosh, finally we get to breathe and recharge a little bit because then the evening came on and the evening chapel service and the evening activities lasted so long that it's like how would how would oh my gosh I really can't talk right now how are we supposed to survive without having a nice long break in the afternoon um so let me back up a little bit more like background info about this camp youth camp so I think it was my junior and senior camp senior years of camp I got smart And at this point, I was vegan, so I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to survive eating at this camp, eating vegan at this camp. Like, it will just be bad. They really did not have a lot of options, which I wasn't expecting them to, but I was just like, yeah, we need to be a little bit more thoughtful with this. So I decided to bring my own cooler, and I did ask for permission. I wasn't being, like, obnoxious. So I brought my own cooler with my own food, and I cooked for myself for basically every meal. And then I would bring my nice little food from home. 
um, into the dining hall. And I remember people were so mad at me. They were like, where did you get that? How did you get that? Um, can I have some of that please? Because that looks a lot better than the Salisbury steak that they're giving us. That looks a lot better than the microwave eggs that they're giving us. And, you know, I, I tried to share and I tried to like, you know, tell people like, well, I brought this cause I am vegan and like, you know, sorry, I really did not want to eat that weird looking chicken, chicken nugget. And I'm not trying to be like, shaming of the food or whatever because as a kid I never liked the food even before I was vegan I thought it was gross it was so nasty literally worse than lunch food and I forgot to say this too that the camp has a snack shop and people would literally just hoard either like box cereal from breakfast and would use that to have as a meal replacement if heaven forbid lunch and dinner were bad or they would just go to the snack shop and get like a soft pretzel or a hot pocket or candy or granola bars as replacements or as backup in case dinner um lunch and dinner were bad so I'm very, very thankful that I was able to bring the cooler and make it work because if not, I think I would have just come back crying and a mess. Um, But anyways, yeah. Also, I think I've shared this before on my episode talking about periods, but I did unfortunately get my period at church camp. Um, That was not fun. And I 10 out of 10 do not recommend getting your period at church camp or any camp for that fact of the matter. Um, not that you can control it, but let me just say it was not fun. Um, I definitely do recommend, like, if I have kids, if I have a daughter and I, you know, if she's going to be going to a camp and is around the early teenage age, um, and hasn't had her period yet, I would definitely recommend bringing stuff because you never know. And I was always petrified of getting my period at camp because you just, all you want to do is have fun. You don't want to have to worry about something like that. And getting it for the first time when you're away from home, when all you're trying to do is just be on the go and go to all these activities and not have any cares or worries and then something like that to happen. Totally a mood killer. It was just, it was not fun. Um, Also, we need to talk about the culture of youth camp. It's very much so different from kids camp. I feel like when I was in like fifth or sixth grade at kids camp, things were starting to change a little bit. Like they would usually have rules in place where like boys and girls cannot be hanging out at night or hanging out without a counselor because they were always like trying to make sure like no one was dating or no one was doing whatever. But then at youth camp, I feel like there were still some rules in place, but truly people would come away from youth camp either in a new relationship or if they came into youth camp with a relationship, they broke up with their significant other because they were starting to date someone that they met at camp. And at youth camp, um, it wasn't just my church. We had churches from multiple states. So it was people, like some people that you'd never met before that you could meet at youth camp. And there were plenty of people trying to start relationships at youth camp, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, sometimes they were very obnoxious about it. And just all of the drama that it brought on, I was like, all right, can y'all chill? Like, not to be that stingy person that's like, we came here for Jesus. 
like I get it you want to have fun you want to make memories you want to have a good time but at the same time like some of these people would just be so dramatic all the time people crying girls getting in fights guys just being doofuses I don't know when's the last time anyone said that word anyways um it was just like I don't know so unnecessary you know what I mean anywho so yeah the dating scene was always always a thing people trying to flirt people trying to sneak out people trying to do stuff at camp and I'm not trying to knock at their game like do whatever you got to do but at the same time I just could live without the drama the drama was always the annoying part you know I just don't like whenever people are like crying and angry because I'm just like the rest of us are trying to have fun and you're like kind of bringing the mood down a little bit you know anyways okay I need to talk about the battle because there was a battle at this camp but it was not a noodle battle it wasn't a marshmallow battle they went the more hygienic route which I love um we had a shaving cream battle for every year at youth camp so essentially we would have every student would be given a can of Barbasol shaving cream and you would just run in a massive field with your shaving cream can and pump out shaving cream and just slap people with it or like you know spray it in people's faces which you know yes there were a lot of cons to it shaving cream is very slippery so you are holding a metal can running where the grass is slippery everyone would go barefoot I don't know why people wouldn't wear shoes but whatever um you would run in this field where everything's slippery holding a metal can chasing after people with shaving cream in your hand someone always fell hit their head off the metal shaving cream can always got hurt and that wasn't fun people would also get it in like their ears their eyes their nose and I think it is a little bit better than getting ketchup and mustard in those areas, but it does suck because that type of stuff stings, you know, although it smells better and it's basically just soap and maybe some chemicals. It's better in my opinion than ketchup and mustard. It doesn't really stain, but still, you know, getting shaving cream in your ear and feeling like you're losing your hearing is not the most ideal time. But I will say doing a shaving cream battle is 20 million times better than any of the food battles we ever did at kids camp. Um, Some years I I did do it. I did participate because literally all you would do is just have your shaving cream battle, use all the shaving cream, and then you would get hosed down and then go take a shower and get ready for dinner and evening chapel. And everybody smelled great. Everybody smelled like Barbasol and it was wonderful. So compared to the food battles, I'll take a shaving cream one any day. Um, And then kind of going back to talking about the camp culture, I know I'm a little all over the place, excuse me. Um, We need to talk about pranks because yes, pranks did happen more so at youth camp than they did at kids camp. I feel like pranks at kids camp weren't too much of a thing. Um, but they were definitely much so a thing at youth camp. One year I had this really fun counselor with my sister and our friend and she was younger. So she was friends with like the other guy counselors and friends with other girl counselors. And, um, she and the guys would always like pull pranks on each other. So we were, you know, 
receptive to any of the pranks that the guys were pulling on her. Um, they put, because there was so much shaving cream from the shaving cream battle, they put shaving cream all over our mirror. Um, I think they might've put it in her bed, which isn't fun. Um, I remember it wasn't our cabin, but it was another room who someone put raisins in their toothpaste, which is a real pain because you never know if you got them all out because they would shove them so far in the toothpaste and the only way to, you know, salvage it is literally just throwing it away or squeezing out essentially the entire tube of toothpaste to ensure that there aren't raisins in it. So that kind of sucked. Um, and then I'm trying to think what they're, I think people put stuff underneath the toilet seat, like poppers or shaving cream or just like whatever random things they could find. Um, I'm trying to think. We had some other stuff happen to our cabin where like we would go out for an activity. Someone would sneak into our room and then we would come back later and see the shaving cream on our mirrors or, you know, something in our bed or whatever. I remember one year someone put food in our bed and I was really, really mad because I was like, don't ever do that because I don't want bugs in my bed at night. Like I'm already freaked out because we're out in nature and I don't want bugs coming in. But um, yeah, ugh, I hate that kind of stuff. I'm like, you can put shaving cream everywhere in this room, but just no food, please. No candy, no chips, nothing like that. Um, but yes, I I have to talk about the prank that my sister our friend and I pulled because this is the stupidest prank ever, but we still laugh about it today because it's so corny. So there was this thing at my camp called kangaroo court where essentially one of the pastors would dress up as a judge and every night, pretty much every night, or maybe it was like every other day, we would have this activity called kangaroo court where all of the campers would get together and we would show up to court and then the judge and the other people who would help them out, they would call out students and bring them up to court, quote, court. Um, it was all fake. And basically just call them out and be like, we heard that you were sneaking out of your cabin last night. And sometimes they like pushed it over the limit. Sometimes if they brought on couples and be like, we saw or we were told that you guys were whatever kissing or making out or whatever sneaking off somewhere it was just a little like creepy i don't know there was like no rules about like you can't have a boyfriend or you can't have a girlfriend you can't be in a relationship at camp there was nothing like that but essentially what they would do is like counselors would look for kids like doing something a little bit mischievous or doing something that they could potentially make a joke out of and then they would tell the people who ran kangaroo court and they would essentially like call them out and like make a joke out of it and usually after they called you out they would give you some type of like consolation prize so like let's say for example this happened many times like literally every year this always happened if someone a room, like a boy's room, a girl's room, if they clogged their toilets, they would usually call up like, all right, I need the boys from this cabin. You guys need to come up here right now. I'm, I need this person, this person, this person, and this person. And they would call them up and they would just talk about like 
heard you guys, you know, you know, what happened with your toilet, heard it got clogged, whatever. And then their consolation prize would usually be like a bedazzled plunger or something like that, like to make fun of them doing that. So it would be like usually harmless things like that. So my sister and our friend, we wanted to get on kangaroo court so badly. So we were like, what prank should we pull? Because usually it was people who were pulling pranks or like people who were getting into trouble. And we were like, we should pull a prank and try and get on kangaroo court because it would be so funny. So our idea was I had this wireless speaker. I feel like these were very popular on Amazon like back in 2015. And it was one of those circular speakers that had like a Bluetooth connection. And then you would stick it in your shower and it had a suction cup on the back. So I had one of those with me because for whatever reason, I thought "Mm, that would be fun to bring to camp. And I remember we were like, oh, you know what we should do? We should hide the speaker out in the hallway of the lodge where all the girls were staying. And in the middle of the night, we should just start blasting like the most obnoxious random song ever and just like, you know, irritate people, wake them up. Which in hindsight is rude because if I was someone getting awoken because whatever song was playing, I would be a little annoyed. But we were like, this is harmless fun. Like we're not terrorizing anybody's apartment. We're not like, you know, destroying their things. So we were like, what's the song? What are we choosing? And we ended up going with um, Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. So we hid my speaker in like a potted plant and we were giggling so much. Our counselor wasn't in our room. I think she was like staying out late, going to like a meeting or something like that. So we're like, this is the perfect time. We're going to sneak the speaker in this plant and we were cackling in our room, just being like, hee hee, oh my gosh, like I can't believe it's happening and just start blasting who let the dogs out like it was so random and looking back it's very stupid and very cringy but I remember we were like waiting it took a really long time like the song was almost all the way through and so we were panicking we were like what what's the next song like we have to have something queued up like what if no one goes out there like we can't just not have something play so we were like all right we should play like rockstar the song from Shrek like let's just let's just play that next So Who Let the Dogs Out is like starting to finish and all of a sudden we hear do-do-do and the speaker disconnects and we're like, oh, someone took the speaker. And one of the counselors totally snatched my speaker and stole it for the rest of the week and I guess we like really ticked her off um, because she later came up to us. I don't know how she found out it was us. Um, And she was like, um, Krista, do you by any chance own a yellow Bluetooth speaker? And I was just like, do I lie right now or do I own up to us doing this prank? So I was like, yeah, that's that's mine. And she was like, hmm, why were you guys blasting who let the dogs out the other night? And she got really, really mad at us. And it was kind of annoying because this person who got mad at us, she was the queen of pranks. She was the one putting raisins in people's toothpaste and she got so irritated by us playing who let the dogs out at night so my friends and i we were like are you serious like you of all people are gonna get mad over this silly little prank meanwhile you're literally ruining people's toothpaste like what anyways so we did not get called on to kangaroo court that year but um it kind of sucked i did get called on to the court 
uh, I think my senior year, me and my two younger sisters got called up for whatever reason. It was so dumb. I don't even know why. I think they were trying, they literally like made up a lie. Like they were, I don't think they had enough like damning evidence about kids doing mischievous activities. So they were just like coming up with fake stories and calling out random kids and trying to make something out of nothing. So they called me and my younger sisters up there and other random boys from the camp and they were like, so um, we see that you guys are checking out the camp sisters. Um, What's up with that? And my sisters and I were like, what the heck? Like, we didn't know about this. Like, have these guys been like watching us or stalking us or something like that? It was so weird. So we were just up in front of all these people like nervously like yeah don't really know what you're talking about but like okay happy to be on the court I guess I guess I made it anyway so that was like another fun activity um now we need to pivot uh because this I know when some people think of church camps specifically Christian church camps they think of this one thing And yes, your girl has experienced it. And I know I've been going on for a really long time, so I'm not going to go like too, too, too deep into it, but I do need to talk about it. Later, I will talk about this whole phenomenon later. Believe me, I want to talk about this more. Um, And that is the matter of cry nights. Cry nights at church camp is something that I think a lot of people have experienced. And for some people, I think a small margin of people It's been a positive experience, but I think for a vast majority of people, you look back on this thing at camp and you're like, what was going on? Why was this a thing? So essentially, if you don't know, cry nights, um, this is kind of like the trauma bonding activity that I was talking about before with the leadership camp. This is the Christian church camp version of it where it's usually the last full day, um, like the last evening service that you guys have. They will play certain songs, do certain things, whatever, whatever, have certain things lined up to ensure that you are going to cry or they encourage you to not hold back your emotions and just everybody's sobbing, everybody's crying, people are laying on the ground, people are crying and whatever and just you know listen I know like I'm not trying to also yuck anybody's yums religion is a very personal thing your relationship with God or any higher power that you believe in is a very personal thing and I'm not here to be like that's not real your tears weren't real because you know who am I to say anything like that but I have been in that experience where there were certain people that I've grown up with my whole life and you pick up on certain tendencies and you pick up on certain things that they say and do and um their actions are incredibly wishy-washy and let's just call it what it is attention seeking and I'm not talking about like oh they're just crying for attention they would do certain things that they were trying to act like they were more holier than thou because they had this amazing encounter with Jesus and they were it, it just brought them to tears and yada, yada, yada. And then like two weeks later, they would be in the hospital getting their stomach pumped because they had alcohol poisoning. But then they would also like shame other people for not being as holy as they were, you know? 
And then they would also get all the praise and the attention from the youth pastors because the youth pastors saw them as like these perfect children, even though they were like, you know, doing stuff that the pastors surely wouldn't approve of. It was just stuff like that. You know what I mean? So looking back, the cry nights were very like annoying that, you know, I just wasn't a fan of basically like at the end of those services, there were kids from my older sister's grade so they were a few years older than me and they would all get together and it was usually like them they were like the cooler kids of the youth group and other pastors kids they would get together with guitars baby you better believe there were guitars at this little gathering they would get together outside of the lodge where the girls would stay and they would this one kid he always got up And I swear he thought he was some type of pastor. He thought he was like some motivational speaker because he would get up and just start like, you know, spewing random things and like confessing these crazy things. Like before I came to this camp, I was like borderline a drug addict and now I'm saved by God. And then like the next year he would come back and be like, I got so into like, you know, selling, I don't know weed or whatever and now you know god has just totally rocked my world at this camp the next year happens i just i i really really got like way too into alcohol this year and like i was partying and i was doing all these drugs but you know god has really really spoken to me and come to me then the next year comes you know guys i've just i just really been struggling this year like i i've just you know like it it was just rinse repeat over and over and over again and these were the same people who would get all the praise and the attention from the youth pastors as like these holier than thou perfect wonderful kids these are the leaders of our youth group these are the future leaders of our youth group and like they would put them on a pedestal and i'm like they are some of the most wishy-washy people i've ever met yet they're getting all of the praise from these people in leadership like what gives what are we doing here But anyways, this one guy in particular, he would always like try to be like preaching like random stuff to people and like always admit a little bit too much. He would be like, you know, just saying some things. He would be on a roll and just like admit the most TMI thing ever. And you'd be like, all right, I was with you for a second, but now you really lost me after you told me that you, you know, I don't know, watch whatever type of porn category. I don't know. Like, it was just, it was just stuff like that where I was just like, okay, it's like 1230. Um, we're leaving on a bus at noon tomorrow. Uh, none of my stuff's packed. Why am I sitting here again? Like, I, I need to go back to my room. So anyways, they would just have these, these little sessions after the last service where they would all sing worship songs together and then like all like, it was supposed to be this like big in not even big it was supposed to be like this really special moment like and only the cool people knew about it or only like the people who were really filled in knew about it where you know this one guy is going to be speaking after the service we're all going to gather outside of the girls lodge and you know you know invite your friends but like don't tell a lot of people but like we're going to gather out there and like he's going to speak he because you know he's always so good at speaking this is what people would say Um, I feel like I'm making no sense without giving you guys more context as to like why these things happened. But every year there was always like this little session out um, 
there was always this little session outside after the final service and again just like more opportunities for people to cry and more people to share certain things that no one really asked them to share and just stuff like that but I need to talk about like the aspect of cry nights that I really don't like so cry nights usually were these services where they're not they're not explicitly called cry night but it's kind of like you know how I was talking about the leadership camp like they would tell you like all right we're we're going into the service like this is going to be a very serious service so like don't talk beforehand like I don't want you guys to be you know giggling goofing around I just really want you to be present and really want you to focus which is fine to be like that like yes you're going into a service a church service so like it makes sense to want to be serious and like want to be as present as possible but the way that they would then go about it is very like it was pretty manipulative I would say especially in the worship aspect they would make it pretty manipulative not so much the preaching the preaching was usually pretty fine but it was um it was usually in the worship where things got very emotionally manipulative, thus ensuing the cry night, okay? So the best way I can explain this is it's like Pavlov's dog, that whole thing. It's like that type of manipulation, but with your emotions and they're using music. Does that make sense? So basically, like, they would have really, really intense music, like, they would be ad-libbing whatever, you know, thing that they wanted to say, and they would always be like, let's just, let's just raise our hands and worship our God, and, like, if you feel like you need to get down on your knees, and, like, or if you feel like you need to, like, jump around or whatever, like, just do it, like, I just want everybody raise your hands, close your eyes, and, like, everybody would do this, and I'm not saying it was forced, like, no one was, you know, telling you, if you don't raise your hands right now, you're gonna get kicked out of the camp, but it was just, like, everybody is expected to be, like, super, super, super immersed in these worship sessions, and really be feeling, like, the most spiritual in these sessions, and the, the thing that made me realize that there was some type of, like, emotional manipulation through the way they set up these worship experiences was because afterwards when I would hear certain music that had a very like uplifting positive message and the music would get really really intense and the singer would be just like belting their heart out honestly like when I would listen to certain Beyonce songs like let me just be frank when I would listen to certain Beyonce songs, I'm like, why do I feel like I should be raising my hands right now? Like, why do I feel the urge to be like raising my hands and like singing this song? And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, that's because at church camp during some of these worship sessions, they never properly explained like you shouldn't just be raising your hands to raise your hands. Like there should be a reason for why you want to raise your hands and no one should be like, I just want, you know, everyone, like let's just raise our hands right now and let's just like worship our hearts out. If people aren't feeling that, why are you almost like putting that expectation on everyone else? You know what I mean? Just because it's church camp. I feel like the way in which people structure church camps 
at least the ones that I went to, they set such like way too high of expectations that like kids lives are going to change like and every freaking year they always come back and we have like testimony nights where people are supposed to talk about how like God absolutely rocked their world at camp and completely flipped their life upside down and changed their life for the better and yada yada yada. They always said it that like something extreme has to happen at camp and if it doesn't then it like wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? They don't outright say that but like after however many years from grades 7 to 12 that I went, I picked up on that and that just became a thing, like an unspoken thing. And I've since heard my friends who have gone to church camps and other people that I've seen talk about this online, they talk about the same phenomenon. That like church camps are great in theory. It's like a good, genuinely good concept, usually has pretty good intentions behind it. But this whole phenomenon of like, you need to have these like peak mountaintop experiences when you're at church camp and if not then like you didn't do good enough or if not then it wasn't like worth it you know what I mean so because there's that pressure added onto it you almost feel like well you know maybe I should be crying right now or maybe I should be worshiping harder than I usually usually do even though nothing's different or I'm not feeling any different And then I feel like it screws you up later because you'll be like me listening to a Beyonce song and being like, why do I feel like I should be raising my hands? Like, I'm not worshiping Beyonce. I'm not worshiping, you know, the lyrics that she sang. But it's because at places like youth camp, they don't properly explain like the reason why you have you do certain things during worship or you feel inclined to do certain things during worship, they almost make it like this manipulative experience. Like we're going to play really powerful and intense music and we're going to belt our hearts out and we're going to like ad lib all of these powerful things. And hopefully that will get people to be like, oh, I feel all this emotion and therefore I'm crying. And therefore that's a sign that like this is a really effective camp and this is a really powerful experience, you know? So it's just, I know that sounds very vague without me giving like explicit examples of certain things that have happened to me or certain things that have happened to my friends. That is essentially my beef with cry nights. And it sucks knowing that at so many other youth camps, that's been a thing because genuinely like there have been so many services at youth camps where I've taken a lot of good things away and it's been a positive experience for me but when it came to the worship and especially like the last full day we would have usually an, a more intense serious worship service in the morning and then a very very intense long serious worship service at night and I just looking back on it and I'm like, I get it. They're trying to like soak up as much and get up, get as much as they can out of the last full day as possible. But in the same regard, like don't set it up so that kids feel like, should I be crying right now? Or like, I feel like I should be, you know, more emotional right now. And I remember there were times when like I would look around and all these people would be crying or like be on their knees or whatever. And I had dry eyes. I did not have a single tear coming from my eye. And I felt like 
am I not being a good enough Christian right now? Is God, like, is my relationship with God not good enough because I'm not, like, profusely crying right now? I'm not on my knees. I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not screaming. Like, it just, you know, it's stuff like that where I'm like, okay, I don't feel like either person's experiences should be invalid or more valid. Like, it just is what it is, yet they don't outright say that I think they just want to continue to have church camps be this like mountaintop experience where like you go there for five days you're separated from the outside world and it's this mountaintop experience like you're going to be experiencing like peak Jesus at this point and then you go back to reality and you don't experience the same things that you experienced at camp so then you feel kind of like garbage afterwards you're like well dang like I don't the only time I have those types of worship ex- worship experiences are at camp or you're like me and you're confused whenever you listen to like really great powerful music but it's nothing to do with Jesus and you're like why am I feeling the same thing that I was feeling at church camp? Why am I feeling this the same feeling that I was feeling at church camp when I go to a Beyonce concert or a Justin Bieber concert? You know what I mean? So it's just like manufactured experiences like that where it's like, all right, if we want to keep doing stuff like that, we need to be more open and explicit with things. We don't need to be as rigid with like, kids need to have these life-changing moments and if not then like we failed or we did a bad job or like we weren't trying as hard stop setting the expectations so high and hopefully you know you can just let things be more easygoing and free-flowing because believe me it doesn't do people good in the long run if you're like putting that unspoken pressure that everything has to be so intense and be so you know the mountaintop version of everything. Um, so yeah, that's that. But all in all, I would say like youth camp, although there were many, many cringy moments, lots of just crazy, crazy things that happened. And I'm sorry, I did not get into more of the stories. Although you're probably like, Krista, you've been talking for so long. Please, please stop. Um, you know, it was a very, big part of my life just going to camps in general and I'm like I said at the beginning of the episode I'm very fortunate I was able to go and I feel like it's nice that now I'm able to reflect and look back on those experiences and be like this is what I was able to positively take out of you know going to this leadership camp or going to this church camp but also they were not perfect they were flawed And these were things that I now have to unpack and now have to realize that, oh, this is just, you know, a byproduct of people, you know, I don't know, trying to manipulate emotions or trying to like, I don't know. It sounds like very intense and like crazy, but you know, it makes sense when you think it through and when you talk about it with other people and they too had the shared the same shared experience. Um, so there have definitely been some things that I've had to unpack about my youth camp and just camp experiences as a whole. But I would say for the most part, I do look back on them fondly. Um, you know, I try to see the good, but I also try to be critical of the bad so that In the future, if I have kids and they want to go to a camp, especially if it's a church camp or a leadership camp, I'll be like, hey, this is something to look out for, okay? Not that my parents should have done that because I don't think either of them went to camps, but you know what I mean. 
I'm sorry. I feel like I'm rambling on too much. I need to shut up. Um, I do hope you guys enjoyed me sharing so many stories. I was just dumping all of my stories onto you guys. Um, hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane and maybe found some enjoyment out of it. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's episode. Tune into next week's episode. We will likely not be talking about something summer related. I hope you enjoyed the summer series if you have listened to all three episodes and hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.